Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome citizens, New Amsterdam Radio starts now, it is I, Flobo Voice, the mayor, doing some paperwork. I guess you can call it paperwork, although it's all digital these days in the mayor's office. Got some music playing while I'm making it happen. It's funny how music can really change your whole mood, change your whole outlook upon life and all of that jazz. And, well, jazz was the original genre, but I shifted into R&B. I got into a little bit of a groove handling my business, as they say. My guest today is all about that R&B life. Matt B has been doing it globally for years. His music can be heard in places like Egypt and Japan. And if you search on Spotify, albums upon albums are available. But I wanted to chat with him about his latest project, Eden, and what that album meant to him. And so it was a treat, a Google treat to sit there with an artist who was making it happen for himself and his team. And well, I'm sure you guys will appreciate the chat I had with him today. So without further ado, my chat with Mappy. Welcome back to New Am Sam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It is I, the mayor, football voice, hanging in the mayor's office because it's a lazy Friday. I'm just enjoying myself. I'm vibing. Got the tunes going. And I'm listening to my guest this morning, Matt B. How you doing, sir? What up, what up? I am doing fantastic. And thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. No, no, pressure's on mine. You, you know, you say a musical artist, but that's only a sliver of what you do. Um, yes, sir. You, you do a whole lot. So let's take it back from the beginning now, because I was reading up your bio, and I realized you're an international man of mystery. Like an you, international you have, man of mystery. <laughs> I like you that. got music and fans in Korea, Egypt, Japan. Like, how did that even happen, man? Man, I mean, honestly, um, it started a little while back ago. I was uploading my records on to uh youtube and they were just sitting for a little while not really doing very much of anything then a label hit me up um the name of the label was called starbase and they were just like man like you know we really like these particular records we want to make these your your album if you want to sign with us out here so you know i'm thinking like you know it's fugues like oh man they trying to just take my records and run but nothing ventured nothing gained so you know i just gave it away to the most high and i was like man you want to know what i'm just going to go ahead and take the opportunity i did and like it just went crazy in Japan. It went number one on iTunes for R&B. Then I had a follow-up album that did the same thing, distributed in over 1,400 stores across Japan. And uh, the rest is just history, bro. Been going crazy ever since. <laughs> so you were, you were in Chicago at the time. You got the email or the call or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and never so, been to Japan. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so yeah. a lot of our listeners here are on their own path, right? They're trying to figure out what their, their creative pursuit is. And, and you're already doing it. Talk to you more about the inciting incident. So they get the call. We love your records. We're going to go for it. You said yourself, nothing ventured, nothing gained. But there had to be a bit of hesitation there, all right? Like a little oh, yeah. bit of a, damn, man, what if I, what if I do, what if this song, what the label is legit, but it goes nowhere? What if it yeah. isn't legitimate? Like, what was the debate going on? You talked to your team. Was it just an instant moment when you said, said yes? Well, in that particular instance, like, it was really just me. 
like I had a manager at the time, but like he wasn't really music industry savvy. It was more so just like, oh man, I just need somebody to represent me and you look like a good candidate type yeah. of thing. So it's like a lot of those decisions fell on me because he didn't really have the knowledge or the wherewithal to make them. And just pay, based off of past experiences and stuff like that, I was just like, you want to know what? At the end of the day, if I do take an L, nothing from nothing is nothing. Like yeah. the music is just sitting there online collecting dust. It's not like I'm making some crazy cash off of it, nothing like that. So I might as well just take the opportunity and see what happens. So there was some hesitance, but because I wasn't already making money off the music and it was sitting for like two years, I was like, man, I might as well just go ahead and see what happens. And luckily, like all praises be to the most high, that opportunity turned into something greater and something greater and something greater. Yeah. And I just found out last year, which just goes to show you never know where music is going to take you. One of my records, just one, has over 158 million streams in China. Yeah. And and that's just off the one. So I ended up getting another deal in China just last year from a from an album that's like an X amount of years old. So the music just continues to revitalize over yeah. and over and over again. Isn't it surprising when, when someone tells you the name of the apps or people are, are, are finding your stuff or the way they discover your music? Or is it kind of like, hey, man, it doesn't really matter where. As long as they get it, they, I'm cool. I, <laughs> I think it's I think it's really dope. Like, it, it for me, it really doesn't matter. But then at the same time, it's just really cool because I get to see the evolution of my music take place. It's almost like watching a baby grow up and just watching it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like, wow, like I can't believe I used to hold you in my arms like this yeah. and now like taller than me <laughs> type thing. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like at this point in my career, I really do feel like my music and my voice is just bigger than who I am as a person. And what a beautiful thing and what a, what a beautiful thing to even be able to say that my music is bigger than me. It means more to people than I could ever imagine. I had people that were saying that it was their wedding song in China and people saying that that they grew up to it and used to listen to it in like, I don't know, like high school and all the rest of that stuff. So it's like, yeah. um, that's how old that album is. And it just goes to show like, you never know. And I'm just so grateful for all of those opportunities. And I feel like in a way I'm kind of tethered to those people who I can feel their energy in one way, shape or form. W was music always a path or did you discover it and realize that was your gift later on? Like what was the, the moment for you? For me, like I grew up in the church. I grew up like not in the, not in a Baptist church, like most of us would, <laughs> most of us black and brown people would. Right. But nice. I, I grew up in, I grew up in the uh, Lutheran church, which is okay. a lot different. Cause that's more so like Catholic or whatever. So, um, so I'm not a Catholic, but it's it's a subsidiary, I guess, of that of that particular faith. Sure. And, you know, I grew up singing a lot of different of those types of hymns with my siblings and all the rest of that stuff. And then um, from there, like music has always been a very heavily influential part of my family, just in general. Like I remember my grandmother was telling me stories about how she used to travel all around the United States with Thomas A. Dorsey, which is the founder of gospel music like that is just insane to me that she even was doing that at a time where, you know, the green book was around. If you travel right. around in certain areas as a African-American, it might not end well for you. So it's right. like her doing that or like my cousin being uh, an, an opera singer or my sister who's who was on Broadway for a little while out in New York. Where you at? So it's like yeah. it's always been. Uh, uh, a heavy, heavy part of my family. So I feel like I was almost like I was predestined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Cause I, I feel like 
a lot of us have the talent or whatever that path of creative pursuit is, it comes down to when you realize it. Like I go back to that movie, Man of Steel, where Superman decides to be Superman when he's like 30 yeah, yeah, years yeah. old. <laughs> he's like, I guess I'll save people. You know what I mean? Like, right, 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 right. <laughs> like what if he said no? He's gonna be the accountant or something <laughs> crazy. Uh, but let's, let's talk about the brand new project, Eden, right? Eden came out recently. I'm actually was streaming it before we got on today. Mm. It, it, there's a lot of, and I actually wrote this down because I, I was trying to write down the feeling that I got personally from it. Because, oh, I think okay, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me readjust myself. I'm excited oh, for this. Oh, one. I well, love it. I love oh, it. Oh, man. Now, now I'm nervous. Now you're making me feel kind of nervous. But, <laughs> but you, you go through these moods of like, like there's like the confidence, but there's like insecurity. There's like yearning for someone. It's like being okay with yourself. How would you describe Eden to someone who hasn't even, uh, I guess, seen your other projects? I mean, it is a powerful record. What was your, your thought process going into this one? Um, exactly that. Like, I wanted to take people on a roller coaster. I wanted to show people that, especially with R&B being such a fragile genre right now, like, you know, you know, if if you just touch it wrong, it could crumble. Like, you know what I mean? So I wanted to I wanted to demonstrate the versatility that I have as an artist. Like, you know, I got the rap cadences going on. Like, you know, I got the sauce. I got the swag. I, I got the drip. But then at the same time, like I could peel all that back. And I could be more vulnerable and I can give you some crazy R&B vocals with all the runs and with all the all of the all the more traditional R&B artists did throughout the 90s and the early 2000s. So, yeah, um, it's like I wanted to showcase all of that. I want people to feel something, whether it is it is any type of emotion, happiness, sadness. Um, uh, why is this guy even doing music? Like I just I, I feel like great art is when there is a divide where some people are going to feel one way, other people are going to feel another way, and then we're going to duke it out and we're going to figure it out. <laughs> if, everybody, if, if everybody gets it, it's, to me, is not art. So that, oh, yeah. so that was my that was my take on it. My take on it was that em emotional roller coaster, giving people all those different veins and those different pockets and, and those different opportunities where when you listen to it, whether it be three, four, or five times over, you're always going to hear something new that you didn't hear the first time. So if it's if something is pleasing to everyone is that art, what is it then? I'm just curious. I don't give an say, answer. Say that. that one more time. If something is pleasing for everyone and it's not art, then what is it then? I'm just curious what you consider it. That uh, that uh, that's for everyone on their own personal scope to define. <laughs> okay. For me, for me on a personal level, I don't think that is art. I just really don't because art in and of itself has always and will always be controversial. Sure. That is just point blank period. If it's not that is not giving people the opportunity to expand their horizon and expand the way that they think and the way that they process because songs that we consider to be masterpieces and songs that we consider to be some of the greatest songs ever produced were, were a lot of times laughed at and scoffed upon in the heyday of it being out. And then it went from being that to now being one of the greatest records of all time. But why did that happen? To me, it happened from the controversy. It happened from the, the differing in opinions where eventually people did come to a consensus and some people will never come to the consensus of it was great art. So mm. that's my that's my own personal take on it. I think you described the American acceptance of K-pop right there. <laughs> for a while, it was like, what is this? And now we're like, oh, dynamite. You know what I mean? Like, right, just, right, 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 right. came through. Shout out to Sai, y'all. Minute, 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 <laughs> but you had mentioned just a bit a minute ago that you said, uh, in your opinion, that R&B is fragile. Now, I think I know what you mean, but I want to put words in your mouth. What does that mean for you as an artist that like, actually performs in that genre? 
it means that it has its ups and downs um that it could be difficult a lot of the times especially for male r&b artists and especially in the wave of the third wave feminist movement that has been going on and, and taking america and the world by storm which you know some people could see it as a positive thing some people could see it as a negative thing but at the end of the day what we do know is that it's happening and True. that and that a lot of women feel like it's not time for men to sit and have a mic anymore. It's time to pass that mic to them. It's time for them to tell their stories. And I'm not hating on them. I'm not mad at it. It's just the way that the world is going. But, you know, unfortunately, because of that, it just makes it a little bit more difficult, not just for R&B as a whole, but especially male R&B artists, because we're on different wavelengths, because people initially wanted that, those love songs where, you know, it's like, oh, baby, like, you look so good. You look so this. You look so that. Can you be my this? Can you be my that? And now it's like, you know, we got we got women out here talking about how they the players, how they the this and they the that. So it's like, how do you find the in-between of still keeping those types of vibes, but still meeting people where they're at? And then on yeah. top of that, let's also face it that, you know, when it comes to rap, when it comes to especially the rap that we're listening to nowadays, the majority of it, I feel, is R&B. It's just another version of R&B because they're using the same melodic melodies. They're, they're using the same lyrical content, talking about love, talking about heartache, talking about all types of other different emotions that typically R&B singers would talk about. And mm -hmm. they're doing it to a melodic tune. And when you use melody, technically that wasn't considered rap now it has evolved into that but when you but when you juxtapose that with what r&b is today and you hear that's why people can't really tell the difference when you genre bin if you're rapping or if you're doing r&b because they're so closely sonically tied together yeah i felt like that was and maybe you could correct me because i think you have a lot more musical theory knowledge than i do that there was kind of an experiment with hip-hop for the longest time it was like well let's put these rappers with r&b singers and then let's have like some artists like Nick Nelly, who was the I, to me I one of the first ones to really like have a melodic singing song. Granted, it was like nursery rhymes at first with uh, a country <laughs> grammar, but then now yeah, we're yeah, seeing yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Posty Malone was like, "Yo, I'm not a rapper." And you're like, "Well, I guess you're not." And Chris Brown is rapping verses, and Tyrese had a black tie phase. Like, oh, right, you know right, 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 right. Is, is there still room though for a pure R&B record, or is there any kind of pressure for you as an artist to present hip hop style songs? even in an R&B record to say, hey, look, I can cover, I have the skills to cover both. I, I think that when in Rome, you got to do as the Romans do. You can have the facade of a Roman, but deep down inside, you could be something else. Right. So it's like, you can't be Julius Caesar. You can't assassinate Julius Caesar unless you get in good with Julius Caesar. If you can never get close enough to touch the man, how can that assassination take place? Fair. So it's like, to make to make the change in R&B that a lot of people want to see is going to take R&B artists such as myself dabbling in both spectrums. The spectrum that people feel is hot and then the spectrum that we want to pull R&B back into. But in yeah. order for that to happen, you have to have the power and you have to have the well, the wherewithal in order to be able to do it. If you don't have an army behind you, then you have no one to lead. You have no one to help you with that wave. So I feel like I feel like in order for that to happen, like there has to be people like me around. There just has to be. And it's like any other market. If there's no competition, then the market dies, which is why it's so important to have more R&B artists around, especially male R&B artists, because otherwise it, you can't prop yourself up. 
It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's funny how you have assassination prop yourself up. Assassination squad. I love the, I love the metaphors, man. I'm, I'm rocking with you for real. For real. It, it, it is the kind of thing, especially with, with I don't want to say black music because like what music is black music, right? But especially with music that tends to be ascribed to black people uh, mm -hmm. in our history, there always seems to be like a, a, a waning period where it tends to morph and tries to be more radio friendly, but then it has to evolve to, to be authentic to us and our experience. And so it's cool to see with R&B how how that's evolved and as yeah. someone that grew up in the 90s 90s r&b is very distinct it <laughs> you know is. I mean? it was also like what my uncle had in, in, in his good old um cadillac deville and his different box vibe. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean different <laughs> altogether. i respect that i really do so I'm, I'm looking at the eating project here and was it an effort going into it look i'm going to do a classic R&B record, or is this kind of like no? I was I was with Matt B. I'm being Matt B with my team. These are the the songs I pulled out and they compiled to the record. What came first, the concept or the execution? I feel like the execution came first. That's what I feel like. I feel like that was just very important because it's like anything, you don't really know where you're going or what you're doing until you do it, honestly. Yeah. And then it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, you know, we'll have that debate forever. But for me, I feel like for me, I feel like you don't really know where you're going unless you just get out and do it. Doing is so important. And sometimes when you do, you can just find your path in doing it. So I went in knowing that I wanted to create an album. I went in knowing that I wanted the album to span across a lot of spectrums into genre bend and certain areas but it wasn't like i was sitting there like oh man this song has to be about this and this song has to be about that or whatever whatever i'm a strong fan of going to the studio knock out the records in the vibe that you're feeling that day and try and catch that whole vibe from the top of the record all the way to the back of the record which is why i hate going in on the second day to finish songs like it just doesn't make sense to me i would rather mm. just knock it all out at the same time because you're always going to get a different energy and when you bring certain people into the room that's the only reason why that record was created if that if yeah. one person was missing that record would have sounded completely different and that's yeah. what i keep in mind when i'm when i'm doing my projects in general so I respect that. I, I I really do. I really feel like having a team and team you trust is really make the the dream work as they say. Um the question about celebrity status because you're way more famous than I am. Ah, <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, yo, look at these, look at the followers, man. Yo, you can't make those up. Uh, what's, it, what's it like for you, though? I mean, it, you were saying you had these songs on a computer or on YouTube, chilling out, and now you're getting reached out in the streets. I mean, does it is it does it feel any different the the next time when someone sends you fan art or or says, "Oh, you changed my life," or is it kind of like, uh, "Yo, man, it's kind of creepy." What goes through your mind when someone hits you up? <laughs> Uh, I feel like it's humbling. I mean, it, it always is because I know that God put me inside of the situation in this position. And just like he put me in here, he could take it all from me in one day. So, yeah. you know, I never take it for granted. I'm always realizing like I'm blessed to be in this situation. And, you know, sometimes it could get a little stressful. Like I said, I feel like I'm tethered to a lot of these people in some way, shape or form. I remember that there was a point in time when because I'm a big I'm a big fan of protecting my energy. A big, big fan of that. And I feel like as time, and I don't even know if this is going to make sense, but as time has progressed, okay. I can feel the weight of how many people are streaming my music. I can feel it. I can mm. feel the weight of my celebrity starting to grow because I can feel the energy leaving. 
Mm. And I'm always looking for other ways to bring that energy back to balance myself out. So that probably has been one of the harder things that I've struggled with as my celebrity continues to grow. But other than that, I mean, it's been, it's been nothing but positivity. I mean, I love yeah. the fan interaction. I love when they are DMing me and all the rest of that stuff. And, and it's just a good day. What's the, the best thing a fans ever done or craziest thing or notable thing that fans ever done for you? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, they, so they, much. Send, me, they send me videos <laughs> and then some people be crying and stuff when I, when oh, wow. I, when I message them back and, and uh, some people are like, oh my God, you changed my life. And another yeah. fan tell me that uh, years back ago that I my help, my music helped to prevent them and take them out of like a suicidal mind state. Oh, so I awesome. thought that that was like super powerful. Um, uh, just, just crazy stuff, man. I mean, I wish I could think about them all off the top of my head, but they just yeah. be rolling in. They just be rolling in. And, you know, like I said, I don't take any of it for granted. I think that is a wonderful thing, a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, there are always snakes in the grass that are always trying to get a leg up off you. But at the same time, it's like, you know, that comes with the territory. I, I just wanted to get your experience because a lot of creators are starting off with their journeys, especially most of our listeners here on the show. We get into our own heads is what are we doing this for? Is anyone watching? Is anyone listening? Is anyone partaking? So it's always good when someone takes the time out and say, hey, you guys have helped me out. So I just to hear your perspective. Thank you for sharing that. I, I really oh, yeah. Me. yeah. yeah. Uh, what's 2021? I mean, we survived 2020, but we're not quite out the woods yet. I mean, what does Matt B have in plan besides doing him? Well, first of all, uh, well, should I talk about myself in the third person? Let's do it. First hey, of all, let's, man, do it. let's do it. Well, I I mean, did, I earn, did I earn that right now? After a, certain, <laughs> after a certain amount of success, you just talk about yourself in the third person. But well, now, Work for the rock, right? <laughs> right, right. No, but you know, for Matt B, like I see myself, um, first of all, I'm really grateful with how well my album did. It was top 40 here in the U.S., which is a huge accomplishment especially considering all the success that I had in Japan. I knew that I wanted to bring it here back to my country in some way, shape or form. So we set out on a mission with this album, me and my team. And I feel like we accomplished that with being top 40. We went number three on iTunes for my genre being R&B top 40 for my genre on the billboard charts, which is super hard to do. So I got some plaques on the way. My all right. billboard plaques, you feel me? Okay. So that is it. <laughs> so that's a huge accomplishment. Can't wait to post that on, on, on IG. I'm definitely working on some new music. Um, I won't say exactly what it is because I don't want to spoil it, sure. but I got some new music on the way outside of the album. Definitely working on some new music videos for the album. So definitely everybody stay in tune for that. Um, always looking at ways to diversify my portfolio as much as possible. I was just talking to you about crypto cryptocurrency before, yeah. before <laughs> we got on here. So, you know, that's really dope. Um, playing the stock market. Um, um, looking at real estate and things like that, just trying to find as many things to get my hands in as possible because I learn from a lot of these different celebrities, especially black male celebrities, that it's so important to diversify your portfolio. Shout out Jay Z, shout out Kanye West, shout out Nas because he just did his thing a couple of days ago, went from investing five hundred thousand dollars into uh Coinbase when it first started off to now making over a hundred million dollars just from sitting on his investment for a couple of years. So those are the types of moves that I'm trying to make, especially pushing into 2021, 2022 and the decades that follow. That, that's crazy, man. I didn't know that Nas got a return on investment. Shout out to that. <laughs> man. Whew. 
Shay, uh, what what does do you are you touring this year? Is a tour plan for this, or is it kind of like keeping it ear by ear with the virtual thing with the pandemic and all that? Uh, I, I think it's best right now just to keep it ear, just play it by ear because um, it's just it's so unpredictable. I mean, yeah. one, I mean, they were talking about the vaccine rollout and how everything was like basically copacetic. We're going to be normal by like what, like May or June or whatever. And now they're talking about how thousands or tens of thousands of vaccines are going bad because don't nobody want to take them. Now Johnson and Johnson is talking about how their vaccine basically failed and and how that yeah. and how, what was that the F, F, FDA pulled it or whatever from the yeah from for the, a bit. Yeah, so it's like, you know, so unpredictable. I don't, for me, on a personal level, I don't think it's wise to make that financial investment just yet. I feel like the virtual tours are enough for my fans to be like, you know, he's still being active. We still are hearing his live vocals. He's still doing his thing. And when the time is right, whether that be towards the end of this year or pushing into 2022, we're going to get this tour popping for sure, for sure. (laughs) I got to ask you one cliche question before we get out of here. I got to dig into my bag of cliche question tricks. Uh Uh, On on the Eden album, do you have a favorite track? And if so, why? Oh, Hey, people have asked me that a couple of times. I know it's a cliche question for people a reason. Have asked me that a couple of times, and I keep saying, choosing a favorite record would be like choosing a favorite child. Yeah. Now you already know that is not the move to do if you got shorties. You not yeah. choose a, you you love your children. Not for, in public though, but deep down, <laughs> their parents got their favorite kids though. They got like the I mean, my oldest is dope. <laughs> I'm a kid. <laughs> well, you love well, you love your kids for what they bring to the table, and just, first of all, you love them unconditionally. Yeah. Then you then you love them for their own special attributes that they bring. So it's like for me, I feel like that's how I feel with all the songs. All the songs are a snapshot of my life and a snapshot of my experience in that particular point in time. And I don't love or or feel like one experience is greater than the other. All those experiences are a culmination to create a bigger picture. And that picture is what makes everything on that album so beautiful. So I don't have a favorite record. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I tried, fans. I tried to put them down for one, but he just said no. It's all right. Yo, Vappy, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you, man. Like, you got a good vibe and you have a good mission statement to your art and craft, which is really great for our listeners here. If the world wants to find you, tag you, add you on social media, how they go about doing that? Well, I'd say, first of all, continue to stream my album. Eden is out right now. Definitely go get that. You will not be disappointed. Step into my world. All you got to do is go to mattbworld, www.mattbworld.com, or you can go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, at mattbworld. That's M-A-T-T-B world. You can step into my world because once you do, I guarantee you, you won't want to leave it. I have to uh, co-sign. This website is slick. <laughs> this video is a podcast. There's a whole bio in there. It's dope. Check it out, mapbeworld.com. Uh, that does it for us on New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creators. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K N E W Amsterdam.com. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.